Here we go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Ruby Rogues podcast. This week on our panel, we have Dave Kimura. How's it going? Brian Hogan. Hello. I'm Charles Max Wood from devchat.tv. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about what, what, what do you do when you run into uh, WTFs? Dear Ruby developer, are you sick and tired of working on crappy old legacy code bases? There's got to be a better way. If you want to get a better job, here's what you can do. Find a technology that's really in demand, build a side project using that technology, and then use that side project as experience to get your next better job. I've done this myself several times, it definitely works. What I think is a really good technology to learn right now is Angular. Angular is really in demand right now and it's not going away anytime soon. I have a free guide to getting started with Angular and Rails at angularonrails.com slash rr. Good luck and enjoy this episode of Ruby Rogues. Now, um, I, I'm going to kind of get this started because um, this was something we talked about um, as a potential topic a couple weeks ago. And I'm wondering, when we talk about WTFs, are we talking about WTFs in, as in code we don't understand? Or WTFs as in, why am I getting this error I don't understand and I'm really frustrated about it? I think both are you know, valid directions. Cause you know, uh, especially if you've kind of written the code, I'm not sure if you ever written Perl, but like Perl's not meant to be read. It's meant to be written. And, you know, <laughs> oh, that's mean. <laughs> also true, but mean, you know, I've, I've no mean is day, JavaScript. <laughs> I've written some stuff in Perl. I'm like, you know, as the author of it, you should be able to understand what you wrote. No, there's an uh, assumption but, for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but in Perl, that just wasn't the case. So, you know, a year later, I had to go back and debug something. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here. But, you know, but then, you know, there's also some times where I get a syntax error or a logic error. And I'm like, why? You know, uh, what in the world is going on here? And... You know, more often than not, after I give things a first glance, I resort to the rubber duck debugging method. And for those who don't know, the rubber duck debugging method is where you have a physical little yellow rubber ducky on your desk and you talk to it like it's a person. And you explain your issue, what's going on, what's happening, what it should be doing while you're pointing out some code, just like you're kind of doing a little uh, screen share with the rubber ducky. And just the process of explaining it aloud to the duck, you kind of like hit that moment of a, that epiphany where you're like, oh, that's what's going on. Now that's a It's a fantastic technique. Uh, and... I sometimes involve people with that. Like my wife is not a programmer, uh, but she's she's pretty pretty technical person. But uh, and I, I will often have that same kind of discussion with her, just sort of in passing. Like I'll be away from work, and I'll be saying, "Yeah, I'm just really struggling with this problem at work." And she'll say, "Hey, tell me about it." And I'll just start talking about it in midway in mid sentence. I'll be like, "Never mind, I got it," and I run take care of it. Um, I, I think she probably would prefer I use the duck more. But... <laughs> I've done that before, and not not just with programming problems either, like business issues or people issues. You know, 
And yeah, it's it's the same thing. And it's so funny because I'll come down and she's looking at me and I know she has no clue what I'm talking about. And then all of a sudden it's like, I got it, I got it. And they just run off. Yep. And you occasionally hear hear in the background, glad I could help. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is it is super helpful. You know, I've I've encountered those problems where you have both of those things are true. Where where both of those things are true. You don't understand the code. Um, and uh, also you're getting an error message that you don't understand. Uh, I, I've encountered that more more than I care to admit. And usually the culprit is this really terrible programmer named Past Brian, because Past Brian has caused current Brian a lot of frustration, um, just 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 with with strange things. I don't, I don't know. I think that sometimes uh, sometimes it's really easy to to kind of point the blame at a at a previous you know developer. Uh, that's that's Bob's code. Uh, Bob, you know, he doesn't work here anymore, and you blame it on Bob. Uh, but you know, a lot of times, you know, in in reality, um, a lot of times, I think a lot of the problems that that programmers encounter really are of their uh, of their own making. And so, so Dave, what do you do when you encounter uh, when you encounter some code you don't understand? Uh, so try to step through each. You know, if we're talking about Ruby, if we're talking about a class that is just really big with a lot of different methods. I think finding the entry point into that class is, you know, usually the first thing. So if it doesn't have your standard initializer, uh, and if it's not really clear with like a call method or something um, that you kind of point into, I would first try to find the other relevant parts of the application that is calling that to kind of see the entry point. And from there, if things are just really obfuscated, so it's not very clear in plain text, like the method names, if you have a lot of X, Y, Z's, I's, I, I's, and stuff in there, then that just starts to get uh, <laughs> really frustrating. But um, I may start going through and start renaming some of the variables as I identify what they're doing. And then I will, I'm a big fan of puts debugging. So uh, Aaron Patterson <laughs> had written up a article about that. And I'm like, you know, that really speaks to my heart because that's how I like to debug. I do that that's, all the time too. So that's my first. I, I, do it, I do it constantly. I'm always afraid someone's going to make like, you know, yell at me for not using like pry or a proper step <laughs> or something like that. But like, no, nah, this works, man. And it's faster sometimes. So yeah, but I'm glad I know I'm not alone. That's awesome. I'm more often than not working in a Ruby on Rails application and using puts debugging uh, while tailing your development logs is very painful. So I'll sometimes write a separate debugger class that actually logs to a separate file and then I'll tell that file. So as I'm putting in the puts in there in the application, refreshing the page or whatever, I'll only see the relevant bits of code that I want to see. So that's been a big time saver and helper rather than parsing through ugly logs. Yeah, I know. I know like when I'm working on a Rails application, I, I will, uh, I'll do, I'll do, it's not necessarily puts bugging, but I put it in the same category. I will just literally raise whatever object dot inspect. Um, <laughs> I, did, in I did that app. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it a lot because, oh, hey, there's, hey, that's the object I'm looking at. Cause you almost all the time in Ruby for me, the errors I encounter are, it's, it's giving me back something I'm not expecting. You know? Yeah. Uh, and it's one of those things that you, you you'd think, oh, yeah, that's that shouldn't be a problem. But it happens way more often than it should that. I, why am I getting back that instead of this? Oh, because I programmed it wrong or something. But it is nice to be able to just really quickly inspect that object. And again, sometimes, OK, I'm, I'm my I have the controller file open uh, or I have the view open already. 
Um, you know, I guess I could do it a different way, but it's quicker to just type the word raise in front of, you know, in front of the thing and, and then I get the whole stack.